This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. I'll leave you with this with Dustin Chafin. Thank you for listening. I'll leave you with this. Please subscribe to our Patreon page. You can uh, hear all kinds of extras with uh, T.J. Miller on the road and hell gig stories and behind the scenes of a comedy club in Manhattan. So please support that. I could really use your support. So if you like this podcast, please uh, sign up for Patreon page. It's only like two bucks, and you can really kind of uh, get some extra stuff that I want to try to add. It's even getting better and better each week. So please support us, and uh, I'll give back, I promise. You ever try to? Um, do you ever like right before you go up on stage hear some like uh, horrible news or something? You ever have something like that happen? Oh to you? yeah, where you're just like you're about to go do comedy and then somebody just you know gives you some fucking thing that's your family or some tragedy and then you have to find that zone and just be like, okay, I'll deal with this later, and now I gotta go be funny. Like that's yeah. like the worst feeling ever. It is. I just pretend like, oh, people say, oh, tragedy breeds comments. Oh, I just spin and go, oh, this is going to be great for my set. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was, yesterday I was, um, I was coming over, walking over to Dangerfields. I don't mean to club drop, but uh, I do play that a lot. Because <laughs> nobody can handle six people like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm king. King of six and four, forget about it. There's nobody better than me. Um, so yeah, I'm walking over and this, you know, horrible stuff uh, in my family. Um, just like, you know, my dad is, he's, he got a, a tumor and like he's having, he was having surgery yesterday and then he came out of the surgery and they don't know if he's going to, like, my cousin's talking to me and she's like, we don't know if, you know, what's going to happen. They didn't, it's like, it could be the bad tumor shit and so I have a year to live kind of thing. And then it's just like, and it's so funny because then I was like, and then I told her, I said, well, I, I got to go do comedy right now. Like, <laughs> like that, that's where my head went. I was like, all right, well, 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 thanks for this. I mean, instead of, you know, I was trying to, like, process it in the most possible way. And, and that's the thing, too, is because when you hear, like, horrible things, you think, well, you know, I, I don't trust myself just getting on stage because I'm not that guy. Like, I'm not real good at that, like, where it's like, yeah, I was walking over here. I'm just not. I have right. to kind of establish a certain amount of structure before I can kind of be vulnerable and real. So I feel like I, I envy people that can do that. You know what I mean? Where yeah. It's just, it's like, well, the, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, so your father had the tumor. Like, you're, yeah. you're thinking, hey, I have no time for this nonsense. I'm doing comedy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not nonsense, but I mean, I didn't, I'm not quite that cold. <laughs> but I knew, but you do have to kind of separate it when you have to do comedy. Because right. I didn't want to get up there and look like, you know, Tom Hanks and Punchline where you're just bawling on stage. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody right. wants that moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorite things I feel like if you just never have that moment on stage I feel like it's victorious yeah. you know, just don't bawl and cry on stage just don't have a nervous breakdown yeah. on stage have you ever had a nervous breakdown? Uh, never in my life, my mother's had a few oh yeah, does she do comedy as well? Uh, well she had me <laughs> <laughs> like I said, does she <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, hey this guy <laughs> walked right into that um, no, I never had, I mean I think there's a lot of mental illness in my family, and me and my sister missed it. I don't believe that, though. You've had to have some sort of, like, shitty situation on stage where you snapped and a little bit. Let's Nothing see. happened the years you've been doing comedy? When did you start? The 80s? 87 yeah. or something? When no, did you start? actually, in, like, 90. Uh, 89. 89, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, well, I, I remember, yeah, there, there was a time when some person, like, uh, wanted, wouldn't get off or something. Yeah. And people were, were, were running out of time. I, I just fucking like lost. Oh, can I curse? Yeah. I, I, I just like lost it. I said, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. like they, they were just so unprofessional. So it was, you're mad at a comic? Yeah. Okay. It, it was at the comic. Now, never, never an audience member yet. 
But I mean, internally, really? and internally, I was like, "Ugh." You ever had a motherfuck you with an audience member? I've had like fifteen of those. <laughs> <laughs> I had one last week. <laughs> I, I uh, yeah, I don't. When I when I say that, I don't mean like you know drag out fight, which I've had those too. Right. I've been you know punched on stage and all that stuff. But uh, I guess you know you're a pretty easygoing guy. But you seem right. like you're a bit of a pacifist, I guess. Yeah, the most yeah. Part. Well, what, what I do when uh, when someone's really being mean or heckling, I just stop. Yeah. And I look a little sinister. Okay. And I, I just look at them. I, I just create a tension in the room. So no matter what I say, it will be funny because they just want to laugh now. Okay. But I said, Miss, like, do I look like I need to be taken down a notch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of go at yourself. Yeah. And then it takes the bullets out of them and it is kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, so that, that that seems to work out okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't punch people, you punch yourself. Yeah, yeah. I actually <laughs> punch myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but believe me, um, hilarious. Uh, crowds are awful. <laughs> well, you're very interesting to me because you're, you know, you're one of these people that I've seen forever since right. the beginning of my comedy. You know, you, the Murphy has been around. Oh, and right. You've been, you know, especially because I had started in Al Martin rooms. Right. So you know, you're that guy that's been around. And we, it's funny because we talked uh, a couple months ago or last month at the club, and I, I told you I thought you were Al's bookie, which I thought was hilarious. Right. <laughs> so, I just, I just knew. I just, I tell you, we there's more than there's like twenty of us that think that, and it was like hilarious because it was like a thing, and we all thought that, and so it's so funny because you were at the club and like there's this comic, but but you were like the rest of us where you were a comic yet, you know. I can tell you exactly how that started. Okay. Okay. In the early '90s, for like five months, Mm -hmm. I worked in a sports betting office Mm. as a clerk. Gotcha. And um, literally, I got paid, I think, $50 a shift, and I got three shifts a week. Okay. So I think I made a total of like $1,800 as, like, you know, um, the guy who wrote down. A week? That's not bad. No, no, no. I mean, I think the whole football season, I think I might have made. Um, oh, whole football yeah, season. Yeah, not, okay. not much money at all. Oh, okay. And uh, I wrote down the plays. You know, and gave it. To, it was a whole different system back then. It was manual. Okay. And I, I told Al I was doing it because I, I was neither proud or ashamed of it. I, I, didn't, I didn't care. And um, so then, you know, he, he got involved, and um, that was it. It was like. Did you give him scoops and stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, I will call him so up. You were technically a bookie. Like, no, shut up. Uh, um, I, I, no. <laughs> I will call. You were his inside gambling man. I will, <laughs> I will call him up and actually. <laughs> Poke him to play something because. Okay, well, all right. So you can see why we would take that. Yeah, like, it but was very. 12 weeks? <laughs> yeah, but we didn't know. We yeah, just, yeah. It's like one of those things where it's like, I'm sure you were, he was like, yo, Murphy, oh. make a bet for me or something. No, no, it was never yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. it was a small little operation. Very you guys must small. have talked about it a lot, like far as sports. No. Not, not at all. Okay. Um, well, we heard it somewhere. Well, that's <laughs> that's the power of Al's blabbermouth. You know, yeah, he'll, yeah. He'll, he'll, he might have said it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm sure he did. Yeah. He, he stretched it, but it was literally like for one like football season. That's like 27 years ago okay. for for like one football season, and I, I was there only part time, and then you know didn't do it again, and uh, I guess that turned into I didn't know he was even saying that all these years. <laughs> oh like, yeah. What? We, so yeah. I did twelve for, for twelve weeks. Like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> but the fun part was yeah. um, having him. Um, like, I would go to him. And go, oh, he goes, oh, that's a lot of points. I go, yeah, because <laughs> I, I just wanted to play. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I knew he would win. <laughs> sure, <laughs> so I, I thought that would be funny. Yeah, that's. But no. we have fun. Yeah, no, Al's yeah. funny like that. Like Al Martin, owner of the Greenwich Village Comedy Club and yes. the Broadway Comedy Club, that he's never at either, and. Uh, <laughs> He has guys like myself and other people running his fine establishments, and uh, we appreciate it because it's yes. like we get to have these little clubhouses and little tree houses and like right. you know produce great comedy out of them. But uh, but he's quite the character, you know. He's he, always he is. he is that sitcom character of a club owner. I insist today he's the funniest club owner. That may um, I can't think of oh. one that's funnier. Maybe Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he actually own the place though? He did. Oh, well then, all right. Yeah. All right, I'll second. But, but Roddy's dead. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, we're talking alive. Okay. Yeah, alive. Well, that's a that's a, that that skews it out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he definitely like takes it down a notch. Um, 
yeah, but you know, that's it's you know, but I remember those early days of the nineties. Um, yeah. To me, I started late nineties, so I was probably about probably about seven eight years after you, right? And um, you know, just those early days of the New York Comedy Club on West twenty uh, East Twenty Fourth Street is. Uh, you know, so many crazy memories of sure. that place and just all the characters there from Mike Bichetti and uh, <laughs> that waitress Linda who used to get mad at uh, the audience and then, like, stir stir their drinks with her toes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, all the servers were just so mean. And, like, I guess the, the yeah. job makes them that way. And then you have to go up and be funny. And, like, and it has nothing to do with your stand-up. They, yeah. they, they've been, like, tortured. Yeah, no, I just remember this. I think, it was, I think her name was Linda. She was like uh, just stern drinks with her toes because she'd like gotten so angry at the this table that was rude to her. Oh my God. And so she just like comes out to the bar and she makes these drinks and she turns. And I'm sure the New York Comedy Club doesn't do that anymore. This is just a, a brief moment in time, <laughs> separate ownership. But she was just like fucking stern well, her toes. Well, not that Al encouraged it. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> He didn't hire her. No, he didn't hire her. Nobody hired her. She just showed up one day. We don't know who this person is. But it uh, could have been another comedy club. Who knows? But not, nobody else. Al's not listening to this. It's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, But it's, you know, that's like Mike Bichetti. I remember my mother, that's still her favorite comedian. Like, she loved that's Mike. That's right. She yeah. loves Mike Bichetti. And uh, just all those. And Falcone. Like you know, oh, yeah. oh Falcone and yeah. that waitress were having an affair. Of course they were. Yeah, <laughs> I would, I would pay so much money not to see them together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the last thing I want to see. But uh, Falcone's a good-looking guy. But you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a train wreck, but in a fun way. You know, I think yeah. it's like. And comedy is it, it continues to be like that, you know. Definitely, every club has its ridiculousness, you know, that kind of gives it its charm, charm, yeah. and like makes it, you know, kind of this thing where it's just like, you know, Greenwich Village Comedy Club has its own, you know, kind of craziness, and like all the clubs have this own their own thing, you know, that kind of defines them, I guess, as a club. Right. So you started. What were uh, what was the first club that you kind of like were working at when you first started? First club was probably the um, the Eagle Tavern. What's that? It was on 14th Street before that area got good. Okay. 14th um, Street in like... Uh, uh, the uh, Meatpacking meat District. Meatpacking, okay, cool. Meatpacking District, yeah. And what was that like? Um, it was great because Dizzy, uh, Dizzy Izzy's bagels are across the street, and the best bagels. So I had two bagels a day. Like That was my whole, like $2 was my uh, food rations. And <laughs> <laughs> You're still kind of like that. You're yeah, weird with like, food. Yeah, You'll but, be, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I go hot and cold, like, yeah. I'm, I'm a binge eater. And, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I talk to you like, yeah, I got this budget of six bucks today or something. Yeah. Food. I'm like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm always trying to look. I, I, got, I was never a fat guy, but all of a sudden I became like a fat, skinny guy. So like, I, yeah. I gain over the winter and I lose enough. So I now, get, now I get now that I'm too. Losing. I get that. Just the, I get the little tired. That's all I get. It's horrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate it. Uh, yeah. So Tim Davis, like, there was like 45 comedians will be trapped. Inside the Eagle Tavern. Explain to the people wh who Tim Davis is. Like, describe him as a person and kind of where he went on to be. Okay, Tim Davis. <laughs> how would I describe Tim Davis without? without he's how, tall. He's a big dude. Big guy. He's like three hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah. Like six foot six. Yeah. And uh, um, he's a comedy teacher. He went on yeah. to run Stand Up New York. Like he did a bunch of yeah, he, he actually produced, did a bunch of he stuff. He produced some stuff in television and stuff. Anyway, he did a few things in Always comedy. really nice yeah. to me. So, but from the outside looking, I'm thinking, oh man, that, uh, this is bad. Like he he's be, a hustler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, since he's nice to me, I, I just looked the other way. Sure, sure, sure. But when, when he locked that door, he go tab and was like Chaz Palmetari, and um, <laughs> you know, all right, now you just can't get out. Yeah, and <laughs> we couldn't leave until we saw the whole show. Okay, so. Because most open mics, people will leave. But the open mic was actually pretty good. So what do you mean? You had to stay on stage, is that what you're All people had to stay inside the room and watch everybody. Ah, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, so 45 comedians, you know, had to see everyone's act. It should be like that now. I hate yeah. when I see an open mic and people leave. I'm like, and, fuck and, you, man. And, and people like, leave. stay, they, stay. They take their notebook and leave. Fuck and them. I remember it was me and Greer. The first time I was getting some big laughs up there, I remember Greer Barnes cracking up. And Hilarious. this would be way before he was Greer Barnes. Sure. And years later, I'm going, wow, hey, that was pretty cool. Greer Barnes laughed at me. 
<laughs> Who was he before Greer Barnes? Michael Winslow? Uh, yeah, he's Michael Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like a brilliant Michael Winslow. Like he's like a like a sound effect guy, but he's an amazing comedian. Greer oh, Barnes. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, I yeah. love him, and I I diss him in a fun way. But I think he's like, but he's one of those guys where it's just like you're just like he's like this incredible like great jokes and whatever. But then he'll throw in some sound effects. You'll be like, oh, hey, I didn't see that coming. You know, like right, you don't right. think of him as a sound effect guy, but he does amazing no. sound effects. Well, yeah. he's an entertainer. And, yeah, and absolutely. It's important. Like, a lot of these people come up with their notebooks, and I, I get it, and they want to have great jokes, and that's beautiful. But we are entertaining people, and I think they forget. They all want those, the structured Conan five-minute sets and a very dry and wry. But then, you know, when they go on the road and have to do 45, they wonder why people are walking out or, I hey, this guy's not funny. But yeah. he'd be a little entertaining as well as a great joke writer. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Absolutely. Showmanship. Yeah. Yeah. Showmanship. Is yeah. Sure. I feel people don't, you know. Uh, the showmanship part is really, they think that's hacky, is it? Yeah. No, the, what they're doing, they're just changing the perception or reality of comedy just to uh, accommodate their uh, hot zone and what they're good at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than, oh, maybe I should be a little bit more entertaining so I can hold a crowd of 200 people for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of doing seven minutes of a pop at a bar show. I just took it so nervous. Like, uh, you know, headlining Headlining is such a weird, like, uh, I don't, I really feel like comedy is uh, meant to be 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It's like there's something kind of like, you know, of course, I've seen some amazing hours, you know, like I used to go see Carlin, you know, at the Beacon and stuff. And I've seen people explode for, you know, a certain amount of time. But uh, but then I've also seen it where it's just like, you know, you're just trying to get through that that time as opposed to kind of like building this act. And yeah, you have to, assert, sure. you know, whether it's like, you know, with me, it's like I have to have a connection with the crowd in order for it to go well. Otherwise, okay. I'm just like sweating bullets, you know, trying to get through this thing, you know. Right. So it's like I have to establish that. And that's what I've noticed too where it's just like it's very difficult with me where it's just like like I almost do better when they're kind of a little rowdy, you know, because then I feel like I can kind of turn it on, on my terms right. than if they're like just quiet and just not interesting and fun at all. It's probably more organic for you when they're a little rowdy, and then yeah. you know, you're being more yourself. You can yeah, my back. family was fucking nuts. Like people were telling me about Shameless, they were like, hey, "Have you seen that show, Shameless?" I go, "That was my family when I was a kid. Like I don't want to watch that." <laughs> <It's> like, <so. laughs> people running around drunk and shit with their pants off. I don't need to see that. I've, I've I think seen you're it. right about that 15 minute thing, man. I think yeah. it's, maybe because people were trained over the years with commercial television. Yeah. Every 12 or 15 minutes, there'll be a commercial break, and yeah. then, you know, three minutes, and, they, and you come back. So maybe they get restless every 15 minutes. Who knows? Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. When I, I just I recently saw Eddie Izzard and, uh, at the Beacon, and he was great, and it was a phenomenal show. And he had, uh, he had an intermission. He did, like, 40 minutes, oh. and then he had an intermission. And it, it was interesting, because I had done shows before where they've done that and right. i always kind of i'm always against it but for some reason it kind of worked in this environment but because uh, it gave because it's not you know there's no waitress service obviously in the theater right. so that gives people a chance they want to go to the bar bathroom whatever but he's also doing like two hours do you think he did that because he was um did shows in like england and that's what they, they do just all do that you know it's just i think it's just more like he's an event you know what i mean okay he's he's doing like an hour and a half or two hours so it's like it's like a whole thing and it was funny because he went on stage he did the 40 minutes did the uh the intermission and he came back and did this another like 30 minutes or something and, we, and then he was like okay good night and we were like what the f and it felt like it felt rushed and like it just it, we, we you know my girl leo we were talking and i was like 
we were like, did he like like not finish the bit? Like it's a bit he's working on. Like or he's just like I'm Eddie Izzard. I do whatever I want. Like it was the weirdest thing. And we were just like, all right, you know. And it's like so it ended kind of like fizzled out. We were like, all right, dude. Uh-huh. And we just and and we you know. And then we a bunch of us leave. And then I go online, and apparently he does encores. <laughs> so, so we had left, and he came back and did another twenty-five minutes. So, <laughs> so apparently that's what he does. Like he does a thing where he goes back, and everybody goes Eddie, Eddie, and then he comes back and then finishes the show. How are you supposed to know? And that? we didn't know. And so we were just like, we we're just like, all right, it's fucking hundred-dollar tickets. This fucking guy could at least close on something strong, and like we leave. <laughs> <laughs> and he apparently did some amazing thing at the end that we totally missed because oh, we were just assuming funny. that he was yeah, just finished, you know. But yeah, so now I know if you anybody out there, if you ever go see Eddie Izzard, don't leave when you think he's done because he apparently does he always does encores. But I'm like, what's this guy think he's the Rolling Stones? But I guess he does. I guess he's got a huge. I mean, you're playing the Beacon, so you know, comedy oh, does have a rock and roll feel when you're you know at that a venue like that at that level. Who, if, if I was doing an encore, I, w- I would to go back and say, uh, "All right, what do you want to hear again?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have the extra. I've done encores on accident. Um, I remember um, I've done encores where I fucked up. Um, like uh, I remember I was at a club once in uh, Connecticut, and um, somebody had like picked up their cell phone, and I thought it was the light. And so I got off stage, and they were like, "Dude, you got like twenty minutes. You need to do." And I was like. Okay, and then so I had to get back on stage. Like everybody thought I was done. They're clapping and everything's great. It's a good, good, good thirty-five minutes or whatever I did. And then I had to get back up on stage, oh, and it was like, man. okay, I guess I'm not finished. And uh, and did you, you know. close with your uh, your strongest stuff when you saw that light? Of course, I did. Yeah, I did it. I thought I was done. I did, did all the close up. That's not the first time I've done that. I've done that a few times. I've learned my lesson, but uh, but yeah, I, I was in Canada once, and the lights went down. And and went with like all the lights went off and went back up and in front of my head I was like oh, maybe that's they're trying to really tell me to get off because you don't know you don't yeah. know if there's a fucking tornado you right. don't know if Dave Chappelle is in the corner right. like you really don't know yes. sometimes you know that's why I've always felt like comedy clubs should have monitors on stage and just like you know have somebody like type out a thing where you can actually read it you know right, right. <laughs> let you know what's happening like hey do some extra time we'll do checks you know taking longer than we need to sure. hey Seinfeld's hanging out did I, you know what I mean. Like, well, I would schedule a New York Comic Club to 20 minutes once, and they gave me a light after five minutes. I said, that's a really early light. Yeah. I'm thinking either it's a mistake or maybe someone's here, but who, who would be here? So I said, <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, thank you, good night, and I got off. Yeah. It was Damon Wayans but was waiting in the corner. Damon Wayans? Yeah. Nice. So there you go. Yeah, he, he so was there never, quite a bit. You, you never know. He was there a lot. Yeah, yeah he was like, because he was friends with was uh, Seymour, Seymour Swan. Yeah, he grew up with Seymour, yeah. Yeah, who was, used to do the urban uh, Latino shows. Yeah, one of the first At midnight, ones. those are the shows that got me strong. Like I, Oh, I, yeah. I was, uh, remember I used to do that stupid contest, you know, he would have a $50 contest. Okay. And I always lost to Corielli. <laughs> and uh, Pete Corielli always crushed it, and then one night I beat Pete, and it was huge. It's still, it still is like one of the top things for me because <laughs> he always won. Right, and then it was just like one night I beat him, and I was like, ah, yes, yes. That, that's a great feeling, right? <laughs> but it was a fun little thing. You know, y'all pay, you put in ten bucks, and then you won fifty, and that kind of thing. Oh. But it was, uh, yeah, it was cool. See more shows, definitely. And that was the thing is like, you know, I feel diverse crowds will make you a stronger comic. Absolutely. You, know. you have to you know, appeal to everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, but there's just no, you know, there's no bullshit with like a, you know, Latino crowd or a black crowd. And right. they'll, they'll either give it to you more than anybody ever has or they'll shut down and be like, well, that's one thing that know. Tim Davis said I really always agreed with. He said uh, black crowds are either the worst or the best. Yeah. There's like no in between. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we've talked about this. Like in every show, you want at least uh, three black women in like up front in the crowd. Uh, three black women, preferably are the best. over two hundred pounds, <laughs> <laughs> and they dress up even better. I mean, it, you know, it, it yeah. is like, all right, I, I am set. This is going to be good because yeah. they're going to laugh. Sure. And other people are like, oh, this is weird. I don't know. I'm a little inhibited. No inhibitions. If it's funny, they're going to laugh, and like, then it's like follow the leader. That's so funny. Yeah. Like um, I, I did a show at Broadway one time, and there was uh, it was like a Con Ed um, like convention or something. Like it was, uh, they were all black. It was like fifty. 
black women overweight <laughs> with their Con Ed shirts on. It was the greatest crowd I've ever had in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. It was like, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> we're getting it electric tonight. You know, playing around. Like, <laughs> you could say out. anything. Yeah, it, there you go. I think that was said at one point. I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely fun. Who, who were some of the, like, bigger guys that you kind of came up with? Like, uh, you know, people, I don't think people, I don't think people realize, you know, kind of the pedigree you have in comedy and like all the like great people that you know and all that stuff when you were, you know, that you've kind of, your tenure in comedy. Yeah, it, it's kind of funny how um, looking back and I said, gee, I know a lot of like famous people. Yeah. They start with, with Sarah Silverman, um, Louis uh, C.K., um, one of my greatest moments when uh, he called me up to do something for Caroline's Comedy Hour. Like he goes, "Hey, uh, I want you to do this sketch, a, a party, you know, do, do your bit on, on on the show." And like he was always very nice to me. Thought I was funny. Maybe because we both had red hair. Who knows? But Mick uh, yeah. DiPaolo, I tell. Now of I think if Louis called you, just to yeah, see if you could get him a guest spot. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, you know, even Clinton did something stupid. <laughs> you know, Brits That's people true. do things. That's true. Absolutely. I mean, if I had a dollar of every dumb thing I did, boy, eesh, the yeah. only difference is no one knows, knows I, I, I done them because I never became famous or rich or successful or had a great act. Thank God. <laughs> Woo! I dodged a bullet there, buddy. <laughs> I got, I've been bombing for 30 years. I'll show them who, who, who made the right move. <laughs> right? Jesus Christ. Hilarious. David Tell yeah. was wonderful. Uh, yeah. He was always funny. Always Who funny. Who was David Tell? Yeah. Yeah, David Tell's yes. great. And always a nice guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Who else? Let's see. Uh, of course, there's Jessica, who never made it. Yeah. Um, um, I know Brett Butler. Because I, I got parents at the improv. I got lucky. Um, the owner liked me. Um, I saw a few shows there, and I knew her background. I thought I th this one jokes I knew she would like. Um, she was an AA, but I don't think she really had a problem. But I know, so I knew, okay, let's do jokes about that. And she was a mother. Yeah. So all the stuff I did was about my mother or alcoholism. <laughs> and then, and she, she liked me a lot. And she was always really, still just Silver Freeman. And she, really liked, she was always very nice to me. And uh, she gave me a job at the door, which was a big thing back then. So everyone at the door went on. To do great things, except for me and Stu Caymans. Uh, <laughs> 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 like, I mean, Richard Pryor was the first door guy she hired. Uh, Keenan Ivory Wayans, John Mendoza, Michael Patrick King, who created. Um, he didn't create Sex in the City, but he uh, did a lot of work. Yeah, so that. so working the door, yeah, man. Working the door was like do the door magic. She used to call it, and um, she was great. And I because I passed there, I got to see Hicks. Nice. I went to see Silence of the Lands with Bill Hicks. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So he was like one of the nicest guys. And Brett Butler told me about him because she was in Houston. And yeah. she said all the comics were horrible to her because she was a female. Yeah. And she goes, only one was nice to me. Um, yeah. You know who? Who? Bill Hicks. <laughs> yeah. The one with the most talent. Yeah. And she goes, you know what they're doing now? I go, what? Still there. <laughs> yeah. Tell me, uh, Romano. I mean, so what about Bill Hicks? Did you did you work with Bill at all? Did you? I was on the same show with him at the Improv. Okay, but never like you know worked in the role. What was he like as a person? Really nice, like yeah. nothing like that guy on stage who was like kind of mean and sar sarcastic and sardonic. Like off stage, like he just wanted to talk about Woody Allen or W. C. Fields. He loved W. C. Fields. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, so he and I would talk about old movies, and nice. then, I, I, then I, I hooked him up while I'm with a girl. Nice. So then he really liked me, but then he he turned on her and like was like you know screamed at her, and I, I and I warned her what was gonna happen. <laughs> and here's here's what went down. She's like, oh, I love Harpo Marx, <laughs> and he just looks up from his soup, and he goes, I hate. Harpo Marks, <laughs> <laughs> and she started bawling like a baby. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember he gave me his number, and I never called him. And uh, so one time he goes, "Hey man, give me a call." I said, "No, oh, no, no." I goes, well, "Why not?" I goes, "No, because if I call and I get your answer machine, yeah, yeah, you know, that's what we had back then." And uh, yeah. 
I, I'll be waiting for you to call me back like some bitch, you know, like some, you know, like I, I'm like I'm your bitch, some hot girl. Like I, I, I can't take that pressure, dude. I'll fucking call you back. <laughs> <laughs> and then he died. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Murphy killed Bill Hicks. Yes. Uh, just with his his ridiculous yeah. rhetoric about yes. insecurity of not being called back. Right. It, just, it put Bill Hicks in. Well, if you had a choice between being my friend or being dead, <laughs> wouldn't you? Wouldn't you choose death? Come uh, on. You're a good guy. You're a good guy. <laughs> Him and Dan Vitale, man. Like he yeah. was like uh, Dan was one of his favorite comics. And uh, who was so. on here? Oh, I was on here with. Um, uh, Steve Marshall was, oh, you know, he's yeah. our favorite crazy uncle. Yes, and, uh, yes. yeah, well, he told me this, he told the story of, uh, <laughs> of you like being like him auditioning, I guess, at the improv or something and some crazy night where he ran around and, oh, or, or like he was going to stand in line and then you said you'll hook him up and then he said he didn't want to stand in line or, you know, he wanted yeah, to get I, it on his own merits. His I own think merit. that was him. Um, well, Al, I actually uh, gave yeah. a half number to. Okay. And I think that's why to this day he likes me because I pulled him aside. He was at Cold Waters and he had a good mm. set. I said, hey, um, come by the improv. I'll, I'll get you a half number. So that means you'll you have an automatic callback. I'll tell Silver you're very funny. Okay. And then, you know, you'll... You'll get past. Don't worry. Um, I'll, I'll make sure it happens. He really likes and respects me. And uh, he, he he stood on the line like, like a dope. Yeah. And didn't get called back. Okay. I think Marshall must have done that, too. Marshall probably did it, too. Yeah, because sure. he, he was telling like a big story about it. It was raining. Like, he had a whole thing. Yeah, he was <laughs> just like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Steve's afraid to use some of his friendship, and actually, I, I'm the same way too. I don't, I don't like asking. Um, but that's you know, it's it's a weird thing. It's like uh, in, you don't want to be a pest. But Shapiro once told me every day yeah. you have to ask for something. Yeah, you, you know, it's it's kind of true. You know, yeah. you have to kind of like you it's know, you either slope. have to you either have to ask for something or you have to do it yourself. Yeah, you know. But if you if you don't ask for something, then you really have to lay your ground. Like I've been one of those guys. I didn't ask for hardly anything. Nobody was right. good to me. Mm. Nobody. I I can literally say that that maybe a handful of people might have like looked out for me. Right. And even the people that were good to me, you know, I was an asset to them. So okay. I feel it was like a it, thing. yeah, it's like I was. You know, nobody. You know, Al probably was the only person that gave me an opportunity maybe that I wouldn't have had, you know, in the beginning because when you're brand new, like I always tell these young comics, I was like, you know what, the hardest thing in this business is to find somebody that likes you when you suck or, or find somebody that will give you an opportunity to work for it when you suck. They may right. not necessarily think you're funny, but if they think you're a decent person who works hard, and that's the yes. thing with me, before I got funny, I had a good work ethic. And so Al would seem, you know, when I was the busboy at, at New York Comedy Club, I was always working. I was always scrubbing the things. I was. I he, remember. Whenever he was there, I'd be, you know, and then I realized how cheap he was. One time I was, uh, <laughs> I was spraying, like, I was at Windex and I was spraying uh, mirrors with the with paper towels. He's like, don't use paper towels. Go down to the thing and get the free newspaper. And, like, use the papers. <laughs> I still think about that. It's so funny. I was just like, I, I, I didn't know. You know, I was, yeah, like, all I, embarrassed. How are you? How are you supposed to yeah. guess that? So funny. I remember Dan Vitale uh, actually talking about you. We were well, back in the day. We were walking out. He said, "This kid, is he funny? Is it gonna be funny?" And I got, "Yeah, I, I can tell." But you know, I, I'm not. I, I'm not being joking around. I, go, I can tell the way he works around here uh, that he's a hard worker because you were always working hard. Like you took the jobs, like mopping, oh, yeah. whatever. It's a big deal. Yeah, and Coriel did the same thing. And yeah. usually, guys who are good, who are bad at one area, are going to be bad at everything. <laughs> so you guys both took that job extremely seriously. And yeah. I said, "Well," and he goes, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah. And we walked away. No, I think that's a beautiful thing, yes. and I, I think it's like the fact that you even like pick up on that because I. Oh, yeah. The biggest problem that I have is, um, you know, I mean, I hate to do, you know, the broken record of the older comics talking about how the new kids don't care. But, you know, it's unfortunate that I, you know, I, I don't see that work ethic, you know. I don't right. see, like, and the thing is with me is, like, I've worked really hard at, you know, having a, a, a you know, comfortable place for me in comedy. And it's just like, you know, as far as getting the Pete Davidson lottery and all that stuff, right. I mean, very few people get that anyway. Yes. But you have to kind of, like... 
But if you want a good ride in this thing, you have to work hard. You got to, you know, make the right moves. You got to, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know, but it definitely. Um, but it's, you know, it's a work thing. Even getting where I got, I've gotten is like it's been hard to get to, to this level. Sure. And then even like, you know, to get, you know, to get funny, like that's let's separate that from, you know, everything else where it's just like, you know, it's. Like there was this, you know, I, you and I both coach comics sometimes, right. and uh, I was working with this comic, and you know, and I kind of, and I see a few comics sometimes that I work with, and and they'll post things online and stuff, and about you know that they did this set and they did this thing and they killed, and I'm like, dude, stop! I go yeah. get, you know, like just you know, dig in, you know, d- don't do the work, you right. know, get the just don't you don't need the glory yet. No. You know, you, you don't need the you don't need you know people thinking you're better than you are. Like right. that's that drives me insane. Yeah, let others and, say you're good. Yeah. And I always hurt their feelings. Like these kids are always just like, Meh, I could tell they just want to go. But I'm just like, but it's, it's like if you're offended by me, then this business is not for you. Right. Cuz this business will eat you alive if you're like too sensitive and not and not good enough. I mean, how many times have you seen comics get off stage and 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 um just say how great their set was over and over oh, again. Oh, they were great. Insane. And I, and I pulled one person aside who still hasn't learned the lesson. I said, <laughs> I said, act like you've been there before. Vince Lombardi, that's what he told his players when they score a touchdown. There you go. Act like you've that's been huge. there before. That's yeah, huge. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, know, you walk off. I remember watching Seinfeld, the comic strip, when I was a kid before, even though I wanted to do a comedy. He just murdered, and he just strutted off like that's just exactly how it's supposed to be. <laughs> And I said, "Wow, that guy is cool. Yeah, <laughs> he knows he's good. You know, yeah." But he, but he had the talent to be that way. Talent, absolutely. And he worked extremely, extremely hard. Sure, yeah, really hard. There's no, there's no um, replacement for hard work. It took me years to figure that out. So you've done a lot of cool stuff. You know, um, it's like uh, did evening at the Improv. Yeah, that was uh, fun. Did Caroline's Comedy Hour. Um, you got tough to crowd. tough crowd. I was gonna get the, there. You got see, so you're yeah. that guy. <laughs> you're I that guy. Yeah, I, I just, I was that guy that we just described. Oh my god, it's hilarious. I, I was about to say this nice intro and bring you right, into the show, right. and like you know, I had to do a dance in the end you zone. You did. You had to dance in the end zone. Fuck. I was gonna say Comedy Central's tough crowd. <laughs> Chris Murphy, everybody. <laughs> and I still want to say more. <laughs> Say more if you want. You know, <laughs> this, this is your show. No, this no, is all no. about celebrating you. Uh, but, uh, just so you know, I know what I'm doing. I would have gotten yeah, you there. I would have yeah. taken you to the promised right, land. You yeah. can trust me. I trust this, you. This man. whole show is to make you look good. I'm not yeah. here to not here to well, fucking well, shit on people. Well, then you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I, you know, I'm doing a good job. We're doing a you good job. You are a miracle keeping, worker. We're, you're we're Andy you, Sullivan. We're keeping you good. All right, we're keeping you look good. So, so yeah, so you've done a lot of stuff. So, Colin Quinn has been a big part of your life as well. Yeah, Colin. I met Colin in 1994. Okay. Um, he was at the remote control before SNL. Okay. So it was perfect. That's a fun show. Yeah. I love was, that show. Right? It's it one of my was, favorite it shows. It was a great show. Yeah. And it was perfect timing to meet him because he had nothing going on. So why wouldn't he be friends with me? True. <laughs> you know, you know. so I, I met him through uh, Vitaly and Rich Franchese. Okay. And the first night I met him, we all went out to uh, a peep show. Hilarious. Right, which I have never done, but Vitaly was the king of that. Yeah. So you have that look like you do it oh, every day. You, I look like I work there. <laughs> I look like I work everywhere. That's a horrible job. <laughs> you know, grave digger, whatever. <laughs> Anywhere with a name tag, I look like I work there. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we, we go in, and and then the guy behind the booth, like not not the peep booth, but the, the counter, the cash register, he said, uh, "Hey, you're Colin Quinn." Oh, we are in Hey. Colin Quinn, he's out screaming out loud in a peep show that Colin Hilarious. Quinn is here. Then he gets on the phone to call the strip the club <laughs> next door um, that Colin Quinn is here. He goes, hey, man, I got Colin Quinn here. Let's get him free. <laughs> Colin <Freedom>. Quinn, you know. <laughs> remote control now, he's all embarrassed. And I'm dying to laugh because the guy doesn't know who he is. You had to give a resume. Oh, That's yeah. so funny. And then later on that night, um, I was told that Colin said to Vitaly, hey, your friend Murphy cackled at me. He cackled at me. Um, give me his number. Oh. So he, all right. So Dan, of course, forked it right over. Yeah. Three o'clock in the morning, I, I get a call. Oh. What are you, cackling at me? <laughs> And then we smoked like for an hour and a half. We became good friends ever since. That's so funny. Yeah, you cackling at me. And once it became really successful, um, you know, I don't see him much, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I believe me, I'd be the first person I blow off too. So 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> it wasn't a blow. He's busy. I mean, I don't have time for people who I know in my open mic days. So it's true. Now know. it's funny. Um, you know, just you know, being around people. You know, when they have a certain amount of fame, like it's it's a whole different animal. You know. Yeah. Well, you're friends with. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, I'm friends with a lot of people, and I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's it, it was it was so funny. Uh, I was on the road with TJ, and he was just like he's like. Like he's basically just getting mobbed down the street, like they're you know Deadpool, blah, 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 everybody, you know. And then he looks at me and he goes, he goes, he goes, "Do you want my life now?" And I looked at him, I go, "Yeah, you could yeah. buy a car like right now, like you could just go, to, you could put a debit card down and buy yeah. that fucking Ferrari." Yeah. I go, "Yeah, maybe for you a little while." Stay at home in a nice house. I'm pretty good at avoiding people. I run a comedy room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of the king of that. Like yeah. uh, I got no problem dissing people. Like you I'm, spend your whole life yeah. dodging. Oh, people. absolutely. <laughs> but uh, but it is funny how, like, you know, people, you know, it's so funny because certain celebrities handle fame differently. Like, uh, Dave Attell is very funny the way he handles fame. How does he do Because it? he, well, he just doesn't accept it and just basically kind of, like, depends on what mood you get with Dave. You know, right. I mean, he kind of, like, he'll sometimes kind of roast you if, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, I think it was some story where it's like they were on the road or something and the... The guy at the gas station was like, "You're David Town." He's like, "Yeah, I'm the guy on the TV," and like he's making fun of you know the whole thing. And then, or you'll see him in front of the cellar. He'd be smoking cigarettes, and people be like trying to talk to him. He's like, ah, you know, just he, he's kind of he's the one guy who's really funny because he just doesn't look like he's successful. He's kind of like you, like yeah, he just yeah. looks like he's you yeah. know came up from under a bridge. And right, uh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Selling something under the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> Bookmaking under the bridge. <laughs> really? They make books under the bridge? Nice. I had no idea. I'm trying to get published. Um, but yeah, but it's like, it's just, it's interesting how different people deal with fame. And then different right. people, like I remember one time you you approached me on something and it just drove me crazy because I just wasn't, like I didn't, it just was one of those things where it just like, I, I didn't accept it and I still don't. I feel like it's one of those those things that you have to be careful how you approach people in comedy, you know, and right. how and how you kind of like present ideas and things. And that's the thing because we're all very sensitive to who we are, and sure. we're all very sensitive to what we've done and what we're doing, yes, and where our future is going and headed. And uh, you know, you you had worked on this documentary with Mike King, and it was it basically the premise of it was a horrible premise. It was. Uh, <laughs> The worst premise I've ever heard in my entire life, and uh, <laughs> basically people that hadn't made it, and it was like this weird thing because it's like, you know, it's like nobody wants to fucking hear that, you know, right. nobody wants to like see themselves that way, right. and you know, I and I'm a little younger than you guys, and yeah. so it was like I was just like, no, I'm not fucking doing your stupid documentary. I got <laughs> shit to do. I'm fucking got an album. I'm fucking I'm gonna work. I got fucking appetite. Like fuck off, guys. Like I'm not, you know. So it was like very funny, and I know the idea of it was pure and good, right? And it was more, was, it was yeah. more about because um, you know dealing with kind of. You know that emotion of 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 kind of staying in this business, even when maybe you don't get this big lottery moment that maybe you see other people get. Right. And I think you know the way I deal with this business is is I treat it all like you know someone tried to call me bitter the other day and I was like you're out of your fucking mind if you think I'm bitter because you haven't seen the way I treat a ten thirty at Broadway. Like I you know so. Right. I'm not bitter. Like, I still love every second of this. Yes. Now, there's sometimes I'll have a weird set or I'll get, like, you know, maybe I'll... My my big thing is just, like, I'll mute people on social media. Okay. So if they're very successful, I don't need to keep seeing how many, like, great things they're doing. <laughs> so... <laughs> like, I, I do deal with jealousy. You know, I have it. <laughs> but the way I deal with it is just kind of out of sight, out of mind. I hear you. And I feel like, you know, and so it was funny when you guys approached, you know, that thing. And I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to hear it. Right. And, uh, you know, and I didn't I didn't want people seeing me that way. And so it was interesting that, uh, and of course, you know, it didn't it go didn't anywhere. Go <laughs> just like all the comments on the show. So it was kind of appropriate. <laughs> I, I, like, how would this ever have a chance? Like, if none of us ever did anything with it, why would you think this is going to do something? Yeah, let's collect a whole group of people who are like Eddie Mush in comedy and make that work. <laughs> right? But, you know, but then, yeah. But then it's, it's you know, it's weird with comedy because comedy, will, it'll, it'll take like, 
you know, it comes and goes, you know. Yeah. Like, people get excited about comedy, like, you know, with, like, Miss Maisel and crashing sure, sure. and dying up here. And, you know, it'll be this thing where it's interesting, you know, where lay people, which is the hardest thing, is when yeah. to get lay people, people that aren't comics, to get into the world of stand-up comedy. And, uh, you know, crashing was pretty good because mm -hmm. it, it had, it kind of, it opened it up to kind of, like, people had no idea. And people right. still don't have any idea how this works. They don't have any You know, they don't, they don't understand... Like, like even you were saying about making it, which I disagree with, with, with how most comics perceive that. And that's kind of why I came at you guys the way I did, because right. I feel like, okay, if you're making a living, if um, people are still paying you, if you can, you know, you could pay a cable bill off a set, you know, you can, you, you know, you can do a TV thing once in a while, or you can, you know, headline a big room and you can still do something and people know who you are and you're yeah. a New York City comic, New York, New York like City you're past City. it, yeah. like several clubs and you're working your thing, then you're doing okay. Like, I'm yeah. not saying you're doing the greatest ever, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like if you're making a teacher's salary, you know, and you're doing stand-up comedy, it's like, don't beat right. yourself up. I've heard people say that Bill Hicks didn't make it. And I'm like, dude, I guarantee like I had two houses. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, but no, but people act like he didn't because he didn't have, you know, Dennis the stardom. Or Ken Kennison, you know, who yeah. they've pretty much had the same kind of, you know, angle. Yeah, he had a great cult following, which yeah. was only going to get bigger. Of course, but it's like, but I'm just saying people perceive making it as a different thing, you know. Where, well, I mean, I... But this quote by Teddy Roosevelt, um, comparison is a thief of joy. Sure. And I try to remember that as yeah. best I can because it does. I, when I do compare, I go, oh, my God. And believe me, I have a lot of people to compare to since I started. Yeah. But I'm doing great on my own. Okay, this is still good. And as long as I'm yeah. alive, I still got a shot. Yeah, you're still not Barry Ribs. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> yo, I eat peanut butter out of the jaw. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding, Barry Ribs. If yeah. you happen to listen to this, I don't think you have a smartphone. But if you are listening yeah. to this, <laughs> the uh, crazy Joe the we love comedy. you. We're just playing. It's a roast. If we don't like you, we don't talk about you. That's true. Sort of. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. It's like, but you, you know, you've always been really good to me, and I, I've always felt like. You know, even this is what I like about you, and this is, and I mean this, this is a, this is a real shit. I don't say this to many people. What I like about you is this is um, you, like you've never well two things. Um, like if I'm not giving you love, let's say, because I have, you know, like I, let's say when I open clubs and things for Al, if you know you you never like came at me in a way. That you knew, you know what I'm doing. Like you, and you know I'm good at it. You know what I'm doing, and you've respected that. And you've never tried to kind of like force me not to do what I'm good at, and like for your own self interest. And so I feel like that's what I've always respected. You know, is like you've never been a nudge, and you know God knows you love comedy, and God knows you love a paid spot. But it's like you never, but you never come at people, at least with me in general. And so. No. You know, and, and then eventually I'll come to you, you know, because that's how I work. You know, eventually I see people that are good, that are right. solid. And, and I do have a vet thing that I like to take care of. I feel like the vets need to be kind yeah. of a scooped up and, you know, taken care of In a little bit. In my case, especially a disabled vet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've had, a, you've had a lot of rough shit you've had to deal with. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but everyone has their own cross to bear, you know, as my mom would say. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like... But well, thank you for that. Um, and I, um, I never ask anybody for any spots at all, but I still get spots. I mean, even all those bar shows around town, I was talking to some guy who runs it, and he said, I, I want to be like you. Like, um, you don't have to run a show or bring people. I said, yeah, but look at my face. I've been around. <laughs> I, I, I've kind of earned that, right? And yeah. I, don't, I don't bother people. Yeah. And therefore, I'm, I'm low maintenance. Saying, um, you want to close? You want to do checks? You want to MC? Yes, yes, yes. You could teach a class on... Um uh, you could teach a fun class on how to be liked in this business <laughs> and not not write out ask for a spot, but but make yeah. people like you enough where they start to take care of you because you're a cool guy. Number one thing, um, what I like about you is um, 
when you open your mouth, <laughs> it's getting weird. Here we go. Um, you, you'll talk about sports or something, or you'll, or right. something else, or you'll yeah. you'll put it on my my comedy, and you'll say nice set, and you and you'll mean it, right? And, you know, absolutely. And it, it comes from a real place, and we'll discuss things, or you'll talk about a particular joke or whatever, and so it it feels genuine, right? Well, I have a theory. Uh, yeah. two, there's two ears and one mouth for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. So. I learned more by listening to you than I ever could about talking about something. Yeah, no, no, you're a smart guy. Uh, I think that's, well. and you never use like your friendships with with powerful people to help, and you know, like you just yeah. you've been respectful, which is uh, rare in stand up comedy. I never yeah. asked Colin to be on Tough Crowd. He actually reached out to me because I want I don't want to like oh, I don't want to bother him. Yeah. You know? So I always feel like I. I'm, it's probably I'm like this show. He had a cancellation. Yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fallout. Uh, <laughs> Dustin had a fall at three fifty nine p.m. and I, I just happened to be here in two minutes because I'm available, folks. <laughs> He's sleeping in the lobby. <laughs> I woke up with a crack and you take day. a roast well. That's what I like about you. Yeah. You take a good joke well. Oh, like, and you never. Stuff. That's what I love about you. You never come back vicious. You no. always come back in a fun way. I've never had any sort of tension with you. It's, no. It really makes me happy. Oh, usually when yeah. someone makes fun of me, I yeah. double down oh, and, absolutely. and make fun of yeah. myself. And then <laughs> it takes the bullets away from them, and they, they have a good time. So, you know. Why not? Yeah, I was actually telling Gina, she actually reached out to me to do her uh, place, and I yeah. said, goes, oh, I'm so sorry, I haven't got you on in a while. I go, hey, if I'm not there, I am going to be someplace else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it ain't like I'm just sitting at home, hey, Jay, I hope these guys call me. Sure. I am working somewhere, yeah. and so that's why there's no desperation. I go, hey, hey, get me on. If someone's saying that, it's because, hey, maybe no one's putting you on for a reason, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's. I've had yeah. some bad experiences where people get hostile and stuff, yeah, and you're you know, just like, calm dude, down. You're angry because you're not getting any stage time. But why don't you fix the act first? Yeah. Well, there's. Yeah. There's definitely. Um, but kind of like with that thing I was saying before, to get somebody to like you when you suck, or when you're like working it out, or you're on your way to being a better comic, you know, that has to do with you know, like just good, you know, human kind of manners and you know being a cool person and right you know being being one of the guys be funny and like it was funny we you and i were in a, we're, this we we're in a green room the other night and uh this kid comes in and you and i are talking and uh he comes in and it's just like you and i are having such a we're having a funny conversation about like the road or something like very inside comedy right. like like vet stuff and we're having a good time and you and i always bounce off stuff and then and then he just like you know he stands there and he's looking at us and then he pulls me aside and wants to talk to me about coaching or something and i was like why can't you just jump in here and enjoy this moment we're yeah. allowing you to be in it and and then we'll cut. That's it's like what you say. He yeah. had his own agenda. He yeah. was, he was just thinking. Drives about me that. insane. Yeah, it's like just be. A, this is how it starts, you know. Right. And I've had to tell a lot of people that I work with where I'm. I have to tell them. I said, look, I said, you know, forty percent of this is people liking you off stage. Oh yeah, uh, you yeah. lose more yeah. sets off stage than on stage. Oh Anyone can bomb. Yeah. Everyone yeah. has that coming oh, to them. Of course, a landmine is always around <laughs> the corner. See, there you go. <laughs> But luckily, you crushed too. But uh, yeah, so but yeah. your offstage antics will get you banned and like, come on, man. Yeah. Dude, I remember the improv. I used to sit around and just listen to John Manfalotti, okay, uh, Romano talk, William Stevenson, and uh, it was Uncle Dirty, and they all four were having a conversation. I did not butt in. I just sat there like a fly in the wall and go, yeah. "This is great." And it's before they were all famous. I mean, it was you know, it was, you know, sure. Romano was famous. I was just listening, but I knew. And then Uncle Dirty goes. What do you think about that, Murph? And he actually included me. Yeah. And then, and then I spoke. Nice. And, and then I said something. Oh, God. I go, oh. And, 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 they, and they all nodded, yeah, and they went on their merry way of talking. But I, I knew not to, hey, I haven't been doing comedy for 15 years and about to do a, a Letterman, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. me. No, but that's, you know, but you're, you know, you're a genuine guy and, uh, and you, you know, and you, you, you know, you're fun. Like, you give a shit on stage and... You know, you have a little bit of the problem that I have where you have, uh, you know, you have a hard time letting go of some jokes, you know. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I have that problem too. And it's like, you know, we, we have to eventually, you know, try to just like have the courage to shed them and, and yeah. get to, you know, get to other things, you know. Because um, if, if we grow, the yeah. jokes have to grow. But it's too. like, but I try to tell people, I said, you know, we came up in that era, you know, where it was just like, you know, you go on stage and you see these guys and they're just like crushing with these bits that, that right. always kill. They hone. Like the Will Sylvents and yeah. like, you know, uh, even like Chris Mazzilli, you know, when I came up, like he was a good comic. Like he, yeah, he had his like witch joke and his Italian jokes, <laughs> yeah. and he just like, bah, 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 bah. and it was and just like, him. and in that room, at the New York Comedy Club on Twenty Fourth Street, it was like, you know, to you have you're as good as your last set. Sure, like, you do not want to bomb in that room because it no. was brutal when you got off stage. Like, everybody would rile, you know, rile you up and razz you and stuff. So you, yeah. you know, you really there was all it was really all about killing. And I still have that, and you still have that, right? You know, and then it's just like and it has that need to kill. You, know, you, you want to be the killer. Yeah. So what, what I do now, I actually I have these um, my notes mm-hmm. and. I tell the crowd, um, it's a list of all my jokes. I've already done some of them. You guys can shout out a number. I'll do that joke for oh, that's you. That's interesting. And then I do a joke. I know what's going to work. So then they have a, in their mind, oh, that piece of paper means good jokes. I'll do two of those. <laughs> okay. And then I'll slip in. As I'm doing that, I'm looking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm actually looking at, all right, these are the four jokes I want to do tonight. So I yeah. don't go on stage for the past 18 months without doing at least three new jokes or three right. old jokes a different way. I think and the rest, I'll do my old stuff. Maybe you and I'll make a pact. We'll do a thing, yeah. and we'll, uh, we'll, you know, maybe we'll try to do a new ten minutes. And uh, oh yeah, we'll, we'll force ourselves to kind of like get that get that new ten minutes out. Just get it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Making it a pact on the air right now, guys. So it, <laughs> well, what's really hurtful yeah. now is like I'm doing old jokes and they're working. Ugh, that's what I hate. I have these jokes and they still fucking work. This stupid Jehovah's Witness joke. If, if I'd say I've been doing that joke forever and it just destroys. And I'm like, stop destroying and I'll yeah. get rid of you. Right. No, no. <laughs> oh, I had a comment goes, well, uh, I was told that Adina said you've been doing that joke since she was, um, um, you know, a boy. Uh, since yeah. she was. She doesn't listen. Yeah, she was in a, her prom, wherever high comics. school. So I, I, I turned there and I said, well, that just shows you how great that joke is. There you go. Um, I, I, I turned the tables on. I said, yeah. that means that joke is really good. If I wrote a joke that's that evergreen. That's so That can great. last with three transgenders and generations of, of comedy. No, and and I and when I said that, I just I really meant it about myself as well, and I think it's just like, but that's the thing is we're veteran comics, and that's yes. that's part of the struggle is like you know you're trying to. Well, you know this as a veteran comic. I I feel the pressure. If I don't kill, what the what the fuck am I doing up here? Yeah. I'm not some young guy coming up, and they all they all want to look at. So all I can bring to the table is I, I better destroy. Otherwise, you know. <laughs> Who needs this whole guy? <laughs> exactly. Oh, absolutely. Well, there's definitely yeah. that where it's like you have to, um, you well, know. Yeah, we have to address it. Yeah, 25 guys in a row with wool hats and glasses and beard. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little different looking. <laughs> yeah, but when you're older, it's like you do feel that you have to, like, show these kids how it's done. Yes, you know? that, that too. And, uh, hey, I'm not just hanging on, like, you know, rip the jersey off me. No, no, no. I'm legitimate, I'm, and I'm still going to do something in the business. And I am doing something in the business. So, I, you know. And, and a lot of these people, 80% of them aren't going to be around in three years. So, like, I, I've seen them come and go three to five years. All right, uh, I've had enough. Um, I don't want to waste my 30s. I already wasted my 20s. I, yeah. I, I can see it before it even happens to them. There was some girl who was really bitching about how she hasn't made it. Uh, I put so much time. I go, how much? Two years. I go, look at my face. <laughs> Two years. <laughs> That'd be the name of your album. Look at my face. Look at my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's your special. Look at my face. <laughs> you should. You should. I think you should do that in your act. That'd be a funny thing. Like, I have at least twenty great album titles, but there's no content. Hilarious. I'm gonna produce your album. We're gonna. I'm gonna make that happen. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my. I'm gonna be my pet project. It's gonna be a new ten minutes. We're gonna get, yeah, and then we're minutes. gonna. I'm gonna produce your album. We're gonna record it at Greenwich, which you know it'll be fun. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for doing the show, no, this, man. This was fun. Isn't man. it fun? It's yeah. good. I always say that this. Show. You need. You need a podcast just to you know get to be better friends with people. You know, get to actually talk. It's like. Like we should be having coffee, you know what I mean? But we don't because we're just in different worlds. We're different worlds. We're but busy, then, you know, we're going. For, we're, we're, we're we're actually busy doing sets, so you know. Yeah, we're definitely all doing stuff. 
So, um, what's how can people get a hold of you online? Any like social media stuff or how we follow you? Yes, uh, I actually ha- finally got Instagram. You did I, I helped yeah, you? I, I think I, I knew you did help me out with that. And the first picture I got, I, I think you still had the record of most likes. Um, that's good. That's, yeah, that's huge because yeah, yeah. I think you had like uh, B- Billy Joel on there or something. Who did you have some concert? Uh, Elton John. Elton John. <laughs> Same close thing. enough. Yeah, yeah. Cl- close enough. <laughs> I, I, I went with Mike King. Uh, <laughs> We're dating now. Um, I think you are. <laughs> that movie looks interesting. Yeah, the Ellen John movie does look interesting. The trailer was yeah. intriguing. I, I kind of yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I bought a big TV, so I haven't seen a movie in three and a half years. I know. Years. Yeah, what's yeah. The, that's the thing. You're, you're the running gag. You have this, like, 90-inch TV or something. I know. It's a 75-inch TV 75 in, in a very small apartment. I wonder Hilarious. why I, I, I get skin cancer every two years. <laughs> you know. Jesus. It's all right. Uh, Chris Murphy, comedian, all one word. Yeah. And we are a Yankee, Yankee uniform in case there's more than one. There we 10, go. There so we those go. Yankee fans always want to slip that in there. Always they always want to be like, my team's better than yours. My team's better than yours. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all bitching me. goes, oh, they, they, they shouldn't have sat this guy. He had four home runs. And, you know, they, they're just looking for excuses why to be miserable. It's just hilarious. Well, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank you, everybody. Um, shake your hand. We're shaking hands. We're shaking hands. Can't see. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can uh, please go to our Patreon page. I'm not sure what's happening over there. We're um, we're trying to keep it alive. If you could go over there and uh, donate, that would be great. So we can kind of make a few bucks in this biz. It takes a like Dolly Parton said. It, it takes a whole lot of money to look this cheap. And uh, I need more Stetson hats, so you gotta like reach out and help us out here at the at the show. Um, if also, if you're interested in comedy coaching, you can go to my Facebook page, Outlaw Comedy Coaching, and uh, I will help you and guide you through this interesting art form called stand up comedy. And uh, we'll see. Maybe you'll love it as much as we do. And uh, thank you for listening. To I'll leave you with this. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.